welcome to a special edition of Sardisms, where Sard's managing director Kevin Monk speaks to former CCIO and psychiatrist Joe McDonald about the new campaign they're heading up, Public Money, Public Code. This campaign is about promoting, developing, and maintaining an open source workforce platform for the NHS. Kevin and Joe explain the purpose of open source software, what it means to them, and more importantly, what it means for you. So why the hell are we doing this, Joe? Why? Um, well, I was hoping you were going to tell me why, Kevin, because I'm the consultant psychiatrist and you're the man with a lot of pain. Uh, and when you, <laughs> rang, when you rang me up uh, the day after I tried to retire and told me that I couldn't, you had a lot of pain to tell me about. You want to tell me about some of that pain? Yeah, do I need to lie down? Um, it's yeah, not don't compulsory. Really do that anymore, do you? No, we I don't. don't. To be honest, I've never really used a couch. But, um, <laughs> if you're if you'd like to lie down, Kevin, that's fine. I can cope with it. No, I'm I'm all right. I've been standing up dealing with this problem for 15 years now. But it's all our problem, which is essentially the NHS tech doesn't seem to work very well. It all seems a bit broken, and I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. I think everyone's sick of it. And it's a it's a mad plan to try and change that. Like the wheel's there. Everyone wants it to happen. Everyone wants this to change. And so just trying to find a way to do it. I mean, think systems don't connect to each other. There's these giant monstrous companies that, that I don't think have the incentives necessarily to make sure that they're interoperable. I well, think they might even have sense incentives to stay exactly as they are. I, I fear that the marketplace probably suits some big companies not to change very much. Uh, and I think that's been part of the problem for the last 15 years. Interesting you said 15 years, because that's about the length of time of my pain, going all the way back to the National Programme for IT. Um, and I guess the NHS has attempted to procure its way to, you know, really good IT for about 15 years. And what interested me about your idea was that clearly procurement hasn't been the way. Uh, and in fact, we've often made things worse. Um, uh, you know, we, we produce, produce a duopoly among GP system suppliers and getting on for similar and secondary acute care. Uh, there are very limited numbers in the EPR uh, market for mental health now. Um, so choice has diminished. The more we've centralised big, big contracts and given money to big companies, the less choice we've had and the less likely it seems to me that interoperability was ever likely to happen uh, so when you, you contacted me and said you had a mad idea to uh, implement matt hancock's perfectly decent tech vision now two and a half years old but with no perceived implementation plan it, it piqued my interest and and i just thought you know what maybe a full frontal assault on the great mega suite providers isn't the right way to approach getting open platforms into the NHS. Maybe you go round the back and look at the, some of the, the software that's on the staff side that we have to use, you know, to be training and um, payroll and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Maybe we could open that bit up and maybe the rest would follow. And I always envisage the final scene of uh, Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum um, <laughs> and Will Smith upload the viral payload into the mothership and it goes right through the mothership and they save the earth. And I thought, well, what if we could just open up one piece of the NHS infrastructure to, you know, a genuinely open marketplace and get SMEs able, like your own company, 
able to to contribute and create a marketplace where um, things, different things could develop instead of everything always getting uh, bigger and less and less choice uh, and uh, not sufficiently usable, frankly, you know, in, in lots of surveys now. With my share of surveys of NHS IT, you know, anything scoring over 50 on SUS considers success in the NHS and anywhere else that's considered failure. Uh, and mm. that, that's partly because I think we, the market is stultified. Um, so I felt your pain, Kevin, uh, and your idea to write a, um, a tech vision execution plan for Matt Hancock's tech vision, uh, you know, uh, it's just struck me as, well, yeah, NHSX have been a bit busy. Apparently there's some sort of virus or something um, mm-hmm. about the place, so they've been really busy. So this is a gift, um, you know, from the community that you put together uh, to NHSX, and I, I hope they'll enjoy it, and I hope that Matt Hancock in particular will get to see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, it's it comes as a point of passion, really, to to make this happen. There's people go into to work and business for all sorts of different reasons, and um, I get that we all need to make money and things like that. But the the UK to me seems just the right size to actually have this sort of revolution in health tech. It, if it's going to come from anywhere. It feels like it's going to come from the UK. We've we've had some success with things like the GDS. I, you know, I've got a lot of American friends there. It's um, in America. I don't I don't think they have the same culture of kind of public sector um, provision of services and things like that. Whereas we do, and we, yeah. we do public sector pretty well. We we, uh, we do, Kevin. I was I was in Harvard not so long ago, Harvard Medical School, uh, and. They drool when they hear about the NHS number, a unique identifier for every citizen and their health yep. record in the country. And they've got nothing like that. So they're aware that we have the keys to um, being the best research environment in the world if only we can connect things up. Um, uh, and I think we're, I think it's really interesting actually. Um, I've been working as a vaccinator in, in recent months. Um, and what happened there was we insourced a really difficult problem into the NHS and we gave it to GPs largely to sort out. Guess what? They smashed it out of the park. Yeah. We outsourced test and trace to somebody else and, well, they didn't really smash that out of the park. No. But it just shows to me, I think, that if you create an environment for the NHS to do what it needs to do for itself, insource some of the IT stuff rather than throw ever outsourcing it across the pond or wherever. Um, we're we're capable of amazing things and we're on the point, I think, of unleashing 30 years worth of electronic patient records with a unique identifier, but only if we can start to genuinely join things up. And when you mm. do that, I'm, I'm a big fan of, in the Great World Care Records, we call it the one thing test. Can the group of people just do one thing? Yeah. One thing, they can probably do another and another. But I think the one thing that you want to do, which is to sort out the staff side software um, uh, and make that uh, a better place for the NHS to operate, I think that's a suitable one thing. And people aren't dug in. You know, if you if people have invested, if a CIO or a CCIO have invested 10 years of their life 
in an implementation of Cerner. They're not about to turn it over because I think open source is a good idea. You know, mm-hmm. they're committed to that. So I think we need to go where the market isn't yet completely stolid and set. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that is around the back in the, in the staff side. Uh, I I think it's such a critical part of the NHS as well, the the staff side of it. it, So much of this gets led from a clinical perspective, which which makes sense. But um, the the truth is, I think around half of the NHS budget is actually workforce. You know, it's your staff and, and and not only that, resources, beds, you know, buildings, where do people park and all of the boring logistics of how a hospital is run. Uh, is actually a, a really important, all the non-clinical things, all the yeah. things that get you through the door and to the point where someone actually does look at you and stick a stethoscope it's, on you and things, you know, that's... I've been, a, I've been a, a medical director of a reasonably large mental health trust uh, and some of the basics are terrifying. You know, so how many doctors have I got? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, how many whole time whole time equivalents have I got? I don't know. Um, are they all good doctors or are some of them bad doctors? I uh, don't know. So when you find yourself in the first time you're in a, sitting in the medical director's chair for a trust, um, uh, it's like flying a jumbo jet blind. You've got mm. virtually you've got virtually no information yeah. about, about who you've got, whether they're any good and what they're doing. Um, and, and consequently, it's, it's, it's quite a challenging job. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we trying to do with public money, public code? Should we lay out the rough yeah. concept? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So the idea is to um, build an open source stack at the bottom of, of uh, workforce on the workforce platform, particularly to tackle that element and create an entity that houses that, that, that takes all of the open source code that we work on specific projects um, and houses, um, staff management, uh, rostering, leave, bank, all, all of those areas around actual resource management in the hospital and create a, a platform where SMEs, but even large companies can come in and start to use some of those those tools. And we've had one little taste of it in, in an area we call the ESR wrapper, so SAD have been building something called the ESR wrapper API, and I think it's a good model for kind of what we want to do on a broader scale. So we took some NHS improvement money. We saw that there was an issue, as you say, that you can go to a HR director, you can make them go ash and white, just say to them, how many staff have you got? And they panic because, of course, they don't have access to that data, which will shock a lot of people, but it is true. And even if they do personally, it's because they go to a website and log in and, you know, they can see it, they can eyeball it, but the organization doesn't have knowledge of, of who works there. So we took this project and we, uh, kindly funded by NHS improvement. We took some money, we, we threw it at tackling a specific problem. So we didn't spend it on consultancy and all of, you know, all of the stuff around the edges. We went and actually built something. We got an engineer and we sat him down and he started to build something. And what it did is it grabbed um, quite an old sort of interface that's on ESR, uh, packages it up, wraps it around and provides professional version of it out there. And all of that code that was written by predominantly by a guy called Alex Rudel is open source, put on GitHub, and 
just prior to this call, I was talking to Adam Brooks and Cambridge, Cambridge University Hospitals, who are taking that open source project and looking to use it in, in one of their own staff management projects. And that's essentially what we want to do with public money, public code is to, is to build on that, is to take those sort of little individual projects that are of interest to trust and committed, hardworking techies up and down the country, both inside the NHS and outside. I promise you, not all suppliers to the NHS are murdering capitalist bastards who want to steal your money. Some some of us actually think we can do more for the NHS on the outside. Um, and so to bring people in from those sort of organizations, from the internal talent as well, and to get us to to collaborate on these projects in the center. And well, let, let me let me challenge you, Kevin. Mm. Um, you're clearly some sort of communist hippie, um, uh, yeah, open source, <laughs> open-toed sandals, knit your own muesli character. I mean, look at you. Um, uh, you're, you're clearly nuts. Uh, mm. Tell me why. Tell me why this isn't mad. Why isn't mad? Because I think this time it, <laughs> with open source it has always been a bit too much of a hobby project. There's been NHS hack days. There's been people who are passionate about it, but there is actually a model for um, open source commercially. It's not free. It's not free. I don't. I don't believe in this idea that open source is free software. Is it, it doesn't mean you can have it for free because you always need people who understand how the software actually works. They need to know how to install it. They need to, you need the skills of people who've worked on it to come along and improve it and change it and say, oh, it can connect to the security system over here, or it can connect to this rostering system over here, or we can look at OBS, you know, e-observations and 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 pull so that you're information not, in. you're not planning to run a commune you're looking to run an ecosystem where people can make proper money yes yeah right. and it's the full commercial stack so it's it's everything you need for it to be self-sustaining the fact is that i've i've got a mortgage i've got a house i've got um it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow there's things I have to pay for, I have to get on with life and I'm a professional engineer and the people we employ are professional engineers and they need paying. This is not, this is not some hippie, um, have it for free approach. It's, it's trying to build up the sort of collaborative community that exists outside of public sector tech and outside of big, big organization tech, I should say you, most of the products that we work on, um, are built on a on a system called Ruby on Rails. Um, that's an open source project. So much of the internet, um, Facebook provide a system called React, uh, GraphQL. Um, there are all these really large companies that provide these open source technologies um, that are used all through industry, and it's a very collaborative world um, outside of so public why, sector. So tech. why is our why is our industry not not like that? What what's different about healthcare? Well, I think the incentives are off. Uh, this is the thing is we're trying to change the ecosystem here. We're trying to change the culture and the, the sort of companies that survive in, in the NHS and survive to produce their systems are designed for a, a culture that rewards um, not necessarily opening up in terms of interoperability. Personally, I think why it hasn't 
um, why it hasn't appeared in the public sector or in large organizational groups is just because it's harder to get over this initial lip. Um, I see it as like priming a pump on a siphon that once you, once you get an open source community going, it starts to flow. And we've started to see with the ESR wrapper already, but once, once people are start to see, oh, it's possible now, now they're starting to, to churn on and that, that pump is already starting to go on the ESR wrapper, but outside so my background is is sort of building e-commerce sites, building uh, websites and web applications um, for for private industry. That's that's what I did pre-NHS. And one of the things that you can do as a one-man band is you can produce. I can produce a shopping site for. Um, I produced one for a haberdashery, so she was selling like walls and knitting needles and things like that. And I built the whole thing on on open source technology. Um, it was all produced on open source stuff. And that helped her business thrive. It was for a small organization, so you can get over that lip. But with a large organization, no, no, no one-man band, no small provider can come along and start managing a thousand-doctor hospital. So there's a, there's a much bigger barrier to entry to to get over that initial lip, I think, in the in this sector. But once you do, and once you do invest at that sort of level, and that's why I think it does actually need a good priming of the pump. You then then things start to happen and people start to see that it is actually possible. So, so I think three prime ministers ago, um, George Osborne gave us in the northeast of England four million pounds, mm. and that was enough to prime the pump for the Great North Care Record and get us over that initial setting up because you need people and you need time and it can't be done in your spare time, you know, building a region integrated care record, for example, you need proper full-time people to build a community around it uh, and to get some enthusiasm going and and to, you know, to buy some technology uh, mm. and deploy it and implement it. And that £4 million that George Osborne gave us got us over the lip. And Great North Care Records, which takes a sort of a modular cultivational approach to growing things. So you do one thing, get it right, and then grow other modules, which I think is is a, a really good way of doing these things. And I have a lot of respect for Mark and Anastat, who, whose theory of cultivation or modular health tech uh, is, is the way forward. But it was that four million. Without that four million, we wouldn't have got to Great North Care Record used nearly a quarter of a million times a month mm. now. Um, and it's that initial pump crime. I tell you the other bit of genius from, from George Osborne was... Um, it was very light rain on the project, and they gave us a lot of leeway to develop the project um, without over-scrutinising. They trusted us, uh, and we mm. got on with it, uh, and we delivered. There wasn't the micromanagement from the centre, which is sometimes stifled things in the National Programme for IT, for example. But given that George Osborne gave us that $4 million, and I think we did really well with it, and, uh, and you know, I think it, it got really good value for money, um, uh, I think what's the ask for public money, public code? How much do you want? We think it's going to be about five million, so a similar sort of figure. But again, it's a similar sort of scale project. We've, yeah, we've, we've five million. It stops being a, a hobby project. It starts exactly being something so. where you can invest. You know, even one of our most basic product products it costs a few hundred k to to get developed. 
plus you know marketing phoning up uh hosting podcasts um telling people about it running campaigns and this is what i mean about it being a full commercial stack it can't it can't just be um and this is not to disparage anything that's been done by by kind of hobbyists it's is to say actually what needs to be done here is it it needs to be more professional it, not not that the work isn't professional but it needs to be the more the whole thing it needs to be self-sustaining it needs to it needs to be able to pay people's mortgages so yeah. they're not it's not something they just do at the weekend or in the evening it needs to be something where you come up you come into work you 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 can pay for your house you can pay for your mortgage you can you can get on you can concentrate on doing doing a good job and that provides benefit to the nhs and the wider community and 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 in order to do that it needs to get over this lip it needs to be um it needs to be primed to a point where 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 you can actually have that investment and it starts starts to work and it this isn't some like harebrained scheme just for public sector this does work in other industries it does work outside of public sector it does work outside of large organizations it just struggles here in my opinion because you you don't have that small one to one relationship you can't start it at that point that that's not the entry route is not dealing with two doctors by by definition the problem we have is that that you're dealing with a large organization mm. and you're trying to produce things for large organizations and you're trying to create interoperability for large organizations so that initial step by definition is large it's a big step forward so and that, that's that's why that's why you need the government to get behind it to the tune of five million i, I you know we put the figure somewhat out of the air i think but i think it is of the order of magnitude you need to make the needle move in terms of getting open platforms in the NHS, in the way that you know Matt Hancock's Tech Vision uh, talks about two and a half years ago, uh, you know, and recently at Rewired, he was talking about separating the the data layer from the application. Now, I don't think we'll ever have another health secretary who understands about separating data from applications yep. uh, anytime soon. Which is why I think there's some urgency about. Um, well, I think I've described it as uh, you know the NHS keeps going to the, the software dogfight without a dog. Um, uh, and you know, uh, I, I'm hoping that public money, public code, could be the NHS dog in the fight, if you like. Yeah, I'm not hoping it's going to happen. I know I'm. <laughs> I know I'm no, the so Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that. I mean, I just, just tenaciously, I think that's the right attitude to be tenacious about it happening. I'm. I, this is this is what I want to do. I've been I've been trying to get an ESR wrapper around for for fifteen years now, and we're getting there. You did the Great North Care record. You, you, yeah, they, they you laughed did. at us. <laughs> they laughed at us when we drew our three modules on a beer mat in the early bits. I guess, but yeah. um, we're getting there. Yeah, I think the thing is, you need weird fish. You need people who've got a strange motivation. And um, I see SARD as weird fish. We, you know, most companies are built to to be sold on and to be amalgamated into something bigger um i i'm almost an accidental business owner i didn't really come into this um with that sort of mindset i just 
But the business was a, a joint venture grown out of an NHS trust, wasn't it, Kevin? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't really in, even intend to start a business. I was forced into starting a business by Dr. Ifia Kutcher, who's a medical director at Oxley's, <laughs> who told me to, um, because he said, you know, the stuff you're building is is valuable and worthwhile, so let's go and build something together. But consequently, you've ended up with a weird fish. And you, um, what I mean by weird fish is in when I see movements to try and increase interoperability, and we've seen them, haven't we? We've seen yeah. multiple attempts to do it. In my opinion, is what I call grafting legs on a fish. It's sort of saying like, you're looking at a, uh, an ocean of fish and saying, why don't any of these things have legs? In the same way, you're looking at an ocean of systems and saying, why don't any of these interoperate? And the truth is, they don't interoperate because it doesn't suit the culture in which they exist. And if you force it on to those companies, then it, it does, it's still not going to work. They're mm. still going to slowly evolve away <laughs> from what you're trying to do because they were created out of a culture that does not reward having that thing. We've come along as, I think, a weird fish. We, we, we don't, we're not really well suited to the environment in which we operate. We have good interoperability of our systems. We're passionate about making it happen. And what we're trying to do is we're, we're, we're trying to change the culture to suit us. And now, our culture change is, is a really hard thing to achieve, Kevin. I mean, you're going to have to launch an entire social movement to, to well, do that's that. That's what we're doing, isn't it? I, and I, in a way, I feel like we've turned up in a bad pub and we're, and I'm like, well, I want a drink here. So you guys better improve your 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 culture <laughs> so so we're we're regular we're punters in there and we're and and there are like-minded people around that's the thing is we've met you you uh, i think it's fair to say that this isn't gonna um pay for your house in in greece or anything else right like um it it's not why we're here it's probably not no. why we're talking you know you're at a different you're at a certain stage in your your career and your life plan where presumably it's not about rinsing money out of us and things like that we're here because both of us and and not just us the whole uh, rebel alliance as we call it want to see this thing change and um i'm i am quite a noisy bastard and i will get out there and i will sh keep shaking people and saying come and come and join this campaign come and make it happen come and improve this thing i mean it's not, interesting not you giving say up that on it. Yeah, uh, you know we have a saying in cognitive therapy, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always got. You have to change something. And I, I, I see this initiative as, as a genuine attempt to do something transformational rather than just another let's try and procure our way you know, out of what we're in. Um, so I, I, I do think it's an exciting prospect. If people want to support it, Kevin, what, how, how do people do that? How do you know, well, have I'm we got, building. Have we got T-shirts and merchandise. We yet? will do, won't we? We will do. I am currently building our website. <laughs> In fact, I was doing it before this call, and uh, um, I'll be doing it afterwards as well. So there'll be a website for them to go to. There's a Twitter handle, um, public money, public code. But it, we'll put some links in um, when we when we put this up. Right, and when will that be? Well, may the fourth be with you. That's that's when it May never gets old. May never gets old. 
may the fourth be with you. I love it. There are a, what we call the Rebel Alliance, which is a bunch of people who all want this this to change and move. And it includes clinicians, it includes uh, software suppliers, it includes uh, SME business owners, um, people who've been involved in open source for for years and years and years. Um, and if if you read. Matt Hancock's original Tech Vision speech from 2018. He's in. He's one of the Rebel Alliance, definitely, yeah. I don't think he knows it yet. but um, We'll bring him back because he's definitely got some Jedi skills, I think. So (laughs) we'll we'll make sure he stays on the light side. But (laughs) yeah, May the 4th is when it happens. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And... um, I've got a date with Margaret Anister of um of course you modular have. modular cultivational fame in, in eight minutes. Well she Heads. knows a thing or two about how to she run does. A, a health tech project. And she's she's um she's read the proposal and she loves your periodic table. Um, yes. Well that uh, will be a big feature. I, I, I was I was I loved it too, actually I have to say, because I've been working in the health IT space for a long time. And what's often missing from implementation plans is things like culture, some mm. of the soft stuff, actually, which I think we got right in GNCR uh, and made it happen. Uh, joy and purpose, uh, mm. sustainable business model. You know, one of, the, one of the great triumphs of GNCR was getting people to pay a subscription. After yep. the mother of all, I didn't have the starter arguments. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with regard to size of trust, should we all pay the same subscription and all the rest of it? But we got there because of a shared culture, uh, right. and and because it was a social movement in the end. Yeah, it's so fun, right? Like yeah, that big fun, that fun part of it makes a big difference. And I want people to get involved in this because it will also be fun too. Is it hits the things that really matter to people. That you that you have some autonomy. It's not mine. You said you call it, you know, your periodic table. It's not. It's my. It, it's ours. Um, you know, it is everything that we do in this project is open to to uh, contribution from from the wider community. It's not. It's not SARDs necessarily. We're leading it because I, I I'm a noisy one and I like to 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 thrash everyone into coordinating them into doing something <laughs> that we all want to happen. But um, is is our is our project. Um, it's masterful. We want people to to excel at producing this stuff. We want the best engineers and the best project managers and the best um, clinicians to come and, and contribute to it. And it's purposeful. I, I, there's a lot of fluff talked about our NHS and our this. I, I think it's a point of nationalism, nationalism and pride in, in what this country can produce and create. And I think it can be a beacon to to the world about what what's possible in public sector tech let the uk shine out as as the place to to produce public sector tech and let let that goodness go out and flow fly out to all the other countries as well um there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of places that could do with with having these systems in place yeah it's going to be great fun well it has been so far kevin uh, and i i look forward to the the rest of the journey yeah cool well it's nice to be on it with you joe if you're interested in joining the rebel alliance or even just to show your support visit publicmoneypubliccode.org.uk or send us a tweet on twitter at pubmoneypubcode and use hashtag publicmoneypubliccode may the fourth be with you